sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Shall we pray? For my mom, Father, we come before you and into your presence. We pray that your Holy Spirit will take absolute control of this meeting. We come against anything that stands in opposition to your word and to the move of your spirit. And we resist it in the name of Jesus. And we declare that the word of God shall have free course. And the word of God shall accomplish the purpose for which it is being sent. Thank you for your unction. Thank you for the infilling of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching these lips of clay and sending your word forth in power and in demonstration of your wisdom. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please sit. God bless you. Amen. I thank God for this opportunity to be here. And I also want to thank the Reverend Namado and his wife for inviting us. And all the pastor's wives, I salute you. I know that it takes the grace of God to be a pastor's wife, so I salute you again. And I want to welcome also the executive, Pastor Mavis, and all the ladies who stand with her. And I want to salute every woman here. And I want to say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that God has a purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. Now, I also want to thank my husband, the bishop, for being my covering in ministry. And also for my team that came with me. And my children from Lighthouse. Amen. Amen. Well, your theme is be still in the Lord. And it's from Psalm 46, verse 10. And yesterday we went through the fact that God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. We went through the fact that if something is your refuge, it means you are running away from something. Actually, the word refugee is also from the word refuge. And usually, people become refugees in the time of war and in the time of extreme 
be a refrigerator, not a year or Kobe, and now or Taibia, not a year ding to not Many years ago, we had the town of Budubram because many people were fleeing the war in Liberia and not just the war, but all the difficulties that have come with it. And if you watch the news in Syria, there is war. So there are refugees. Some of them are boarding ships and boats. And the boats are sinking. But they are still boarding out of frustration because they are looking for a refuge. But the most of Syria is the type that when you get to the border he will send you back God is our refuge and our strength and it is something that Christians must know that some people feel if they know the president is powerful even some people feel if they know Bishop Dag is powerful. All that may be powerful. But when God is your refuge, it's a and yet many of us stay in our war zones and in our difficulties. And never run into the refuge. Some people feel that their refuge is their education. But when demons come knocking at your door, you may have as many degrees as the thermometer. But that cannot see you through. I know people who are very educated. Their degrees can take four lines. But in the time when you become a refugee, you will realize that that education is not a refuge. Like I told you yesterday, when we were on the aircraft going from Accra to London and there was turbulence, it didn't matter whether you were LLB, it didn't matter whether you were a barrister at law and solicitor of the Supreme Court of Ghana, it didn't matter whether you were a notary public, all of which I am, but I couldn't call on that to save me. Mm -hmm. But my God, who is a Hallelujah. refuge, is the one who Hallelujah. saw me through. Hallelujah. There were many prominent people on the plane. Far richer than you and I. But their wealth was not enough of a refuge in the time of turbulence. Their successful businesses were not enough refuge for them. And so, beloved, even your lace that you are wearing, your gale that you are wearing, it can never be a refuge. It is God who is your refuge. And sometimes, you know, women feel that when you are married, 
and you are called Mrs. So-so and so, that Mrs. is a refuge. But after some years, you will realize that that's your refuge. It has many holes, and when it rains, Hallelujah. the water comes through. Amen. Amen. We also said that God is our strength. The Bible says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul said in Second Timothy, Second, uh, in Romans twelve verse nine that I will glory in my infirmities. He said that God told him, "My strength is made perfect in your weakness." So we human weakness. Rather invites God's strength. And so we should look for strength in God. One of the things the Bible says is that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41. What not those who gaze at God. Not those who wonder at God. Because when Jesus preached, the Bible says they wondered at his teaching, but it still didn't affect them. And they kept asking questions. Oh, who is this that speaks with so much authority, but it still did not affect them. But it's those who have time to wait on God. That renew their strength. Why do you have to renew your strength? Because you get to a place where you have no strength. The Bible says about David that he wept so much when they came from defeating the Amalekites. The Amalekites had come in Ziklag, the city, to take away their children, their wives, and everything that they had. David did not and the Bible says that he cried till there was no strength left in him. Sometimes you go through something, you cry so much that at the end of it, you have no strength left. But the Bible says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord his God. So even when our strength fails, God is still our refuge. The Bible says the people thought of stoning him. He had nobody. But the refuge was there. We said yesterday that he's a present help in time of trouble. Most people don't want friends when you are in trouble. A lot of people are fair weather friends. The Bible says a rich man has many friends. Are, it's obvious the reason why. But our God is a very present help in time of trouble. I love God so much because he is not like that boyfriend you had before you married. When he says that 
You are the love of my life. I will never leave oh. you. I've never seen anybody Hallelujah. like you before. And that when I marry you, I will always be there for you. And then in the time of trouble, you took your phone and you were calling. It's not that the person is even bad. But he was on low battery. He's an absent help in time of trouble. But our God is a present help. That is why his name is Emmanuel. And what does the psalmist say? He says that, therefore, because God is our refuge, because he's a present help, because he's the strength of our lives, therefore, will I not fear. But fear is something that grips a lot of women. In 1 Peter 3, verse 6, the Bible says, It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham. Following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her. Calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority. And you are now her true daughters, if you do right, number one. You are a true daughter of Sarah, if you do right. And number two, and let nothing terrify you. Not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. The Bible says we are Sarah's children if we do two things. If we do right. And number two. If we don't allow fear to rule over us. But fear is something that easily comes knocking at the door of women. I want to say that fear is not a feeling. Because 2 Timothy 1.7 says... God has not given us the spirit, not the feeling of fear, but the spirit, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The, the psalmist says in Psalm 46, Therefore we will not fear. Fear is a decision. Not to fear is a decision. Because the psalmist says, therefore, will we not fear? Amen. And if fear is a spirit, then it is not a good spirit. Hallelujah. And many of us entertain fear thinking that it's not as bad as fornication. Or it's not as bad as any other sin we know. But inviting and entertaining fear is entertaining an evil spirit in our lives. And there are many things that you, you will genuinely be afraid of. Amen. Let's read our Bibles from Mark chapter 4. It's a very popular story. Verse 25. And I'll be ending soon for our workshop. Now, maybe see workshop. 
Are you there? Mark 435. Amen. Amen. And the same day when the evening was come, this is Jesus, he said unto when them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind. And said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Beloved, the disciples hadn't said they wanted to go anywhere. In our walk with God, we don't get sometimes to choose the course we want to travel on. He was with us. He said, let's go to the other side. I have not said I want to go to the other side. I have not said I want to go to the other level. I have not said I want to be deeper. But the master in his own wisdom decides to take you as his follower on a journey. And the Bible says that there were other little ships with them. Uh-huh. On the journey in life, other little ships are around you. And they are all on the sea of life. With you. But the difference is that your ship has the master Hallelujah. in that ship. And the Bible says, as they were traveling, a great storm arose. It wasn't a little storm. It was a great storm. Beloved, as we walk in life, sometimes storms come and they are unexpected. I have gone through storms that if you ask me to write an application letter, I will never apply for that storm. But it's God who walks with us and chooses to take us through the storm. A great storm. The Bible says Jesus was in the hindermost part of the ship. And not only that, he was asleep on a pillow. In the midst of the storm. Because he is the prince of peace. He's not shaken by anything that you go through. He's not moved by anything that you go through. And sometimes you and I interpret it as he doesn't care. If you have worked with God, there are times you have asked, does he care? 
And you are no different from the disciples. They had to go and wake him up. I mean, sometimes God can do some things. There's a storm and you are asleep. And you are not even getting up to comfort us or to say, oh, I know about the storm, you know, it will be okay. And we'll come to you. you are asleep and you are having dreams. So the disciples had to go and wake him up. Sometimes we feel that we are going through things that God is oblivious to, so we have to wake him up and inform him about what we are going through. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Hallelujah. And in the midst of the storm, we become afraid. I will never forget this passage because I was using it as my quiet time some years ago. I used to think that you shouldn't be afraid when there's nothing to be afraid of. But what the Bible is saying is that as Christians, yes, the situation is frightening. Yes, the situation is overwhelming. But in the midst of it, he tells you, fear not. Amen. Amen. And the disciples, when they woke up, they said, Master, Master. So they were still acknowledging that he is Master. But another part of them was saying, Do you not care that we are perishing? And then the Bible says he arose. And he rebuked the storm. God may not have rebuked the storm in the first hour. He may not rebuke your storm in the second hour. But he's still in the boat, even in the ninth hour. And we don't have to give up. Because at the eleventh hour, he decides that this is the time to rebuke the storm. He knows that you are going through the storm, yes? But he knows that you won't sink. He knows that you won't drown. He knows that you will come back out a better person. Paul says three times I besought the Lord to take something away from me. Some of you have prayed about certain chronic things more than three times. And you have asked God to take it away from you. And God seems to be asleep. He's almost looking like he's not even on the boat because he's under. It doesn't matter whether he's, he's under. It doesn't matter whether he's up. The most important thing is he's there. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Jacob said, the Lord was here. And I knew it not. Many situations we go through, the Lord is there. But we don't know it. God is our refuge. And our strength. A very present help. In time of trouble. The Bible says when he rebuked the storm. It's not that it just became calm. There was a great storm. And when he rebuked it, the book of Mark says there was great calm. The amount of consolation and solution God brings is according to the bigness of the storm. The 
intensity of the storm determines the greatness with which you will come out. Great storm, great calm. Great trial, great blessing. Great difficulty, great anointing. Therefore, we will not fear. I remember many years ago, when the church started with five members. And it grew gradually. I missed many storms. And then the people in uh, the hospital where the church started, because my husband was a medical student, asked us to find a place and leave. And then God graciously gave us a place by a rubbish dump. And we were so happy. Because we didn't even have the money to buy that facility. And the man graciously waited for us to save and get the money. The Lebanese man. And then we went to this dilapidated building, but we danced there with joy because there was nothing in our pockets. God was leading us on a journey. Not a journey that we asked for. Because they pushed us out of Kolebu, so we were compelled to look for a place. When we were there, we were very happy. And we started to work on the premises, the building. It didn't have a roof. We would put a roof gradually. The church couldn't afford, so all of us became laborers. My husband was digging. We were carrying pans of cement, whatever. Every church member was helping. Thank God there are pictures of it, because if I told you today, you would say, sure. And then the church became beautiful. And then they put up lovely flags. When the flags came up that evening, I went there and I said, ah, it looks like British High Commission Hallelujah. or somewhere. It's on another level. Hallelujah. It was so beautiful. But it lasted for only one day. We were in our house at dawn. At that time, no mobile phones. So somebody was calling on landline. Somebody had come downstairs banging on our gate. They said that big caterpillars have come to mow down all our wall around us, including the flags. And remember that you put all your money into that. And as if that was not enough, we were attacked by the neighborhood. We went to every government official we knew, some of whom had been my professors in the law school. There was a great storm. And there was no help anywhere. A, a, a bomb was thrown to my husband's office and it burnt the whole office. There are pictures to show. 
office. And whenever he had to come and preach in church, he needed police protection because there was so much hatred in the community, unexplained. And we were very sad. Because we felt that we had done so much for the community. Free clinic. Free medicine. Free food. Cleaning up the community. Loving them. In the process of building a toilet for them. But the storm was great. We turned everywhere. There was no answer. Other churches started to criticize us that we don't pray. That's why all these things are happening to us. And as if that was not enough, we were supposed to have an ordination. As the ordination was about to start, we were attacked with broken bottles. A pregnant woman fainted. Blood was everywhere. It was a great storm. And yet to pass off in the Mabe Bray, named Pono or Pinfobi Wom, and what they knew one Obi Piara, where you're from, Ma, a Kumua, a Swankas. People said the church was over because nobody will come to a church where there's so much attack. Now, Timus and Crawford, and I saw you were there, a young Bobby, you were not there, you're a book. Listen, it's a It seemed as if Jesus was either absent or asleep. Vacation. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just don't live by their senses. They live by faith in the Son of God. And when your strength is small, that is when God's strength is abandoned. It was in the midst of the storm, my husband called an emergency meeting and said, does anybody know anywhere in Accra that we can relocate to? That night he didn't come home. He was driving the streets of Accra looking for somewhere else because we had stayed as if things would calm down, but it had been many years and we were pushed out. Not that he had some vision. Oh, thou Abraham, arise, go into the promised land and walk ye there. There was nothing like that. <laughs> And then he found a place through one of our pastors. But the price they mentioned, eh, we haven't even dreamt about it before. But we didn't have any other option. So we decided to pay in installments. Before we knew, we had a new project. And at present, we are at that place called the Kodesh. God's ah. holy hill. Hallelujah. Great storm. Um, from Akasia, whom are Kumkasia and Great Calm. Now Utmusa, So when one of the occasions, the Kodesh, something was being dedicated, then the pastor who came from America said, Oh, we want to thank Bishop Doug and God. We want to thank God and Bishop Doug. He's a great visionary. He saw this place and God put it in his heart <laughs> and he just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> flowed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sofupeni bi fi abrochre ba se ah esa se ya dad ya sofua that he was most as the essence of when he swadi who was so and he swadi who was so on him at three on him sunny ever yet and soon in the morning. My husband mounted the stage after the speaker, a full stage, you know, and he took the mic, a fine microphone. He said that me, I don't have any vision to come here. I couldn't have seen it even in my prayers. It is beatings and prayer that has led me to this place. You too, your tears and your beating. I great storm. I am from It is paving the way for a great calm. Do not be afraid. Fear is a spirit. The Bible says God did not give you a spirit of fear. The Bible says God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, because of all these things, we will not fear. When you are afraid, meditate on his goodness. Meditate on his bigness. Meditate on the fact that he is there. Meditate on the fact that he is Emmanuel. Meditate on the fact that he rebukes the wind and the sea. And don't let your life come to a standstill. Because of fear. Fear not. Your God is big enough. The Bible says that by the blast of his nostrils, the earth shakes. The blast of his nostrils, like when he sneezes. The whole earth shakes. You, when you sneeze, even your womb, it doesn't shake. That is the kind of God you serve. The Bible says he's Jehovah Jireh. He is the all-sufficient God. The Bible says he's Jehovah Chitkenu. The Lord who is your righteousness. The Bible says he's Jehovah Nisi. The Lord who covers you and is your banner. The Bible says he's Jehovah Rafa. The God who heals us. He's Jehovah El Shaddai. The all-sufficient God. It doesn't matter the department of your problem. He is El Shaddai. He's the mighty breasted one. It is said that breast milk has everything. It anticipates even infections and takes care of it. Therefore, if El Shaddai is the mighty breasted one, he takes care of things you have not dreamt about. He is able to do more than your prayer topic. We could never have seen to pray the Kodesh into being. When the Bible says that God is able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you think or imagine or even ask him for. We have to learn to call upon the Lord. We have to learn to call upon his promises. We have to know the stories of our God before. For Moses would speak to God and say, remember your covenant to Abraham. 
Remember your covenant to Jacob. Remember your covenant to Isaac. How did he know that? He had read and studied the scriptures. And therefore, he could call on the covenant-keeping God. Put on your praise shoes. Praise. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained Why? That he may steal the avenger. Your praise steals the avenger. Stop sitting there and crying. Stop pitying yourself. And stop singing songs like Hallelujah. And meditate on the greatness of your God. Finally, why does God deliver us from all these fears? You know, he said to the Israelites in Exodus 40, 40, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the people started to grumble. He said, hey, Moses, why? We Moses, had peace, now you have brought us here. All these problems. What is that? I want to end by saying, there are two things that attack us when we are afraid. The first one is fear. And the second one is grumbling. I just want to leave you with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Neither grumble or murmur as some did and were destroyed of the destroyer. It's not Satan who will destroy you sometimes. Sometimes it's your grumbling and your memory in the midst of the difficulty. I said it to you. It's all a way of grumbling. And you keep saying, that's for me, everything I touch, it doesn't work. The Bible says when the Israelites did that, they opened their lives to the destroyer. Now and you've given Satan full range and full permission. But if you meditate that God is your refuge. Even sometimes when I don't understand. I just go into my closet and say, I don't understand. But I just want to know that you are with me. So send me some encouragement. Send me a messenger. Send me some comfort. And he has always been faithful to you. God is your refuge and your Let's take advantage of that situation. And not behave like the world which has no place to go. The power of God is real. Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And have it more abundant. He said, I'm the prince of peace. And my peace, I live with you. Spending time in, in God's presence brings you peace. But meditating on your problems brings you no peace. 
The answer to grumbling is praise. Just like grumbling opens the door to the destroyer. I didn't say the Bible said it. In the same way, praise steals the avenger. I'm not saying that pretend that everything is okay. But I'm saying that even in the midst of your crying, let your praise go up. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Umona umso for Nina Jani. Oh, he's our refuge. He's faithful. Yeah. 
Father, thank you that your name is a strong tower. This afternoon, the righteous are running into it. And thank you that when they run into it, there's safety. I speak to intractable problems and I cast them to their roots. I speak to the spirit of confusion. I cast it out. I come against the spirit of depression, the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of weariness. I rebuke them in Jesus' name and I set your people free. I speak the peace of God, the one that passes all understanding. I speak it into every storm. I say to the storms in your life, peace be still. May you come back with a testimony. May you come back with a testimony of his faithfulness. May you come back with a testimony of his presence. May you come back with a testimony of how great he is. And may you come to the place where you will find that God is your refuge and your strength, a very present help in time of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You are here this afternoon. I can't go to my seat without giving you an opportunity to be serious with God. I can't take my seat without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. It's not about your position in the church. It is about your walk with God. You are here this afternoon. You are not sure whether you will go to heaven or hell when you die. Being in church is not the same as being born again. You want to say, Lady Reverend, I've been playing games with God. I need to put things right. Lady Reverend, pray with me. If you are here like that, just put up your hands wherever you are. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. We mean business with God. And if you've put up your hand, come forward. I want to pray with you. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. God is not a respecter of persons. Come to Jesus. It's a new beginning. You need to start all over again. Your walk with God needs to be stronger. In the name of Jesus. Just come forward and I'll just lift up your hands to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me and make me whole. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I, I say today that give me a new life in him. Thank you for a new life in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please say this prayer after her. Say Amen. God bless you. you. May take your seat. Thank you. Please sit down. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewood Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewood Mills. 
For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.